Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. Uh, almost two years uh, in November that I had my partial knee replacement. And I, I can remember the days and weeks after that. I remember... I remember Barry Wilhite telling me, because he had had the same type of a surgery uh, a couple of years before that, he said, you're going to be in a lot of pain for a little while, but then that pain is going to go away and it will never come back, which he was right. You know? But I can remember uh, weeks after that, looking at the wound that the doctor had made to get in there to get to the knee. And it was this half moon thing where he had cut you know, the skin, and I was, <laughs> is this too much on you, Joe? <laughs> Joe's cringing. <laughs> it's, it's all good because it's going to get better, you know, but you do have to go for the pain at first. But I, I remember they, they had, like, these staples, you know, all along the, the ridge of, of my knee, and I watched that week after week and how it just... It, you know, got better and better and better, and it, it heals, you know, and it takes time, and the outside heals, and the pain was more from the inside, not from the outside, and that healed because the pain did go away. And, you know, God's made our bodies that way where things heal up, you know, sometimes they're little scrapes and cuts and stuff like that, and they're gone, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours, and, they, and, and they're gone. So some wounds take longer, like this took months, and others take, you know, hours and days or weeks, depending on the depth of it. But there are some wounds that either take a very long time to heal or they never heal at all. And one of those wounds is that deep wound of rejection. And when we experience rejection, which basically uh, can be described as a sense of being unwanted or a sense of not belonging to someone or being on the outside constantly looking in, that's really that rejection that we experience. And unfortunately in life, most of us experience rejection. It's not something that we get to avoid because it's just one of those things that we normally go through. Um, you see it a lot, a lot of times in school where kids click up together and then anybody that's not in the click, guess what? You know, they're on the outside looking in. And they do. You, you feel rejection. You might not realize what you're feeling. Because a lot of, I think a lot of kids that experience it don't realize what it really is, but it's, it's a, it's a horrible feeling because it's a wound that you're experiencing and basically you don't know what to do about it. You know, how do you get into that click? Unfortunately, sometimes we see it in churches. We see within a church body, you have groups of people that because they've been in the church a long time, they kind of click together and they don't necessarily allow other people who come in, even though you're friendly together, that you don't allow them into that click. All right? So rejection is something that uh, is very much 
exists in, in real life. Uh, sometimes we feel rejection or, or a disappointment because it might be a minor rejection. For example, we want to get on a team at some time and we're not chosen for that team. Or we are the only ones that we know of that weren't invited to the party that was going on. And we might, you know, the disappointment might lead to feeling rejected because of that. Or you go for a job and you don't, you don't get the job and you, you, you feel rejected because of that. Some of the rejections are more serious than that. For example, two spouses that don't get along uh, together and one decides that divorce is the answer and they walk away and they reject the other spouse. Those are very, very difficult to overcome. Or sometimes children who are growing up in a family where there is divorce and one of the parents has walked away. And again, the, the, the sense or the spirit of rejection uh, falls on that, on that child. I know uh, I was listening to uh, Derek Prince. I, I know I quote him a lot when uh, I'm, I'm speaking uh, here at Bridge Builders. But uh, in, in listening to Derek Prince, he said he was uh, dealing with a number of people, and this is years and years ago, but he was dealing with a number of people that had this spirit of rejection. He recognized it when he was counseling them. And they didn't really know that that was what they were, were experiencing. And... He said that he, he went back in the years according to their age. And he found that a lot of these adults were born in the 1930s. And if we think of what happened in the 1930s, all right, 1929, all right, we had that great stock market crash. And there were a lot of families that were really, you know, living hand to mouth and were struggling with having enough money in order to feed their family. And then lo and behold, mom gets pregnant. And now they have another mouth that they're going to have to feed. And mom doesn't really want that baby. And somehow, in the womb, the baby senses the rejection. And that it carries on, because it's a spirit, it carries on right into adulthood. People don't even realize that they have it. Okay? So this is rejection can be a very, very serious uh, thing in, in our lives. But one thing that we never have to worry about is being rejected by God. Because God will never reject us. So let's pray, and then we'll get into this a little more in depth. Thank you, Father, for what you did for us, especially what you did for us on the cross, Lord. And, uh, Lord, as we talk about this, just pray that you reveal things in our lives, Lord, that need to be dealt with, that things that could uh, be coming in between us and you, or, or maybe just um, uh, not doing well with our relationship with you because of certain things in our lives. And, Lord, that you just bring them to the surface. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Now, the teacher in me wants to go back a little bit. We've been talking about scars, because you brought that up today, which is great. Um, we've been talking about scars for quite a while, and sin, and shame, and different things that Jesus took 
on the cross. And so I, I don't want to take rejection, which we're going to talk about today, and just deal with it as this solo thing, because it really falls in all the scars that we talk about, sin, uh, shame, rejection, anxiety, all of this. And we've been talking a lot about this in the past month and a half, two months. So Jay started out talking about sin. This was uh, going back about, about a month ago. Sin and what Jesus did for us on the cross, because on the cross, Jesus took our sin, and in its place, he gave us his righteousness, his right standing. And when we, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are covered in the blood of Jesus. One day we're going to stand before him to give an account of what we've uh, you know, done in this life, and we're going to have that covering of Jesus the blood of Jesus and, and what he di- when he died for us. I, I was thinking of that, uh, what happens with sin, because actually one sin can separate us from God, and it's any sin. You know, a lot of times we say, well, this, this is a serious sin, but this isn't really too serious. You know, I just told a lie, you know, and that's really not that serious. But just one sin can separate us from God except for Jesus. Because when Jay talked about condemnation, he ended with Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we just give them that option and we, we, we repent. You know, because there, there is a penalty for sin. Okay? And it does say somewhere in the Bible that most of us have sinned. Isn't that right? <laughs> Is that right? All of us have sinned. All of us. It's not, there's there's no, there's there's no person that ever walked the face of the earth other than Jesus that has not sinned. We're all sinned. So, none of us would ever be able to spend eternity with Jesus without him. Okay, so this is where, you know, accepting him as our Lord and and Savior is, is so important. Remember, with Adam and Eve, what happened when they sinned? First thing they did when Jesus walked into the garden, they ran and hid. Why? Because they had sinned. All right? They had taken of the fruit. They had disobeyed what God had, had said. And you can see how sin immediately separates us from relationship with God. So any sin that we do... All right, because we're all sinners, we repent. As long as we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, we repent and we restore the relationship right away. It's a, it's a very simple process that Jesus has given us. It wasn't so simple for him. Okay, what he did to go through this was so horrendous, it just shows us how bad sin really is. Just the, the whipping alone, the 39 stripes that he took, was so horrible that that alone, left alone, would have killed him. Okay, because he would have bled to death. Anybody who received 39 stripes back in those days because of a crime or something, they would have to be tended to afterwards so that they wouldn't die because it, it would just rip the flesh to such a point that you're just bleeding excessively from your body. That's the reason why Jesus fell three times trying to carry the cross to Calvary. Right? He didn't have the strength anymore. He was a young man. 
And he was a carpenter, so he had the strength to do something like that. That should have been no problem at all, but because of those stripes. But that's the result of sin, and that's the, the horror of sin that we need to repent of. Okay, so that was the first thing. In place of sin, we receive his righteousness so that we can stand before God one day. He also took, it says, our poverty and gave us his riches, his wealth. And a lot of times when you're hearing sermons about riches, it doesn't mean that we're going to be wealthy in the eyes of the world. In other words, have massive amounts of money. The riches that Jesus is talking about here is basically that we will have all sufficiency. We'll have enough to take care of ourselves and a little bit extra to help others. That's what the New Testament says, right? That's the, the main thing. He doesn't, he doesn't mass us with a massive amount of wealth. And if you hear sermons on that, they're off kilter. They're really not what, you know, what God really intended with that. If he does make somebody very, very wealthy, it's for the purpose of helping others. It's not wrong to be wealthy, but it's, you know, what you did. If you start putting your trust in that money that you have, then, then you're, you're going off, off kilter there. Okay, I, uh, I talked about two weeks ago about shame and, and how Jesus took our shame, the shame of our sin, and, and he nailed that to the cross. And the main thing with the shame is two things. Number one, he was found guilty of something that he was not really guilty of. Even Pontius Pilate said, I can find no fault in this man, but yet they still crucified him. Okay, so that was one thing. So he was, he was crucified as a guilty person. And the other thing was that he was crucified naked. And the uh, Romans wanted to embarrass people. That was part of the purpose of a crucifixion. It was not just the pain that they put people through, but it was also the embarrassment. All right, to be held naked before the world. Remember, he's on the cross like this, so he can't cover himself up at all. It was the reason why his relatives, his mom and, and his close friends, stood afar off. That's what the Bible says, that they stood afar off. They couldn't get close because of the fact that he was naked. It was very uh, embarrassing, but the Romans meant it to be uh, a total embarrassment. So he took our shame so that we could receive his honor. And today we want to talk about rejection. All right, he took our rejection so that we could receive his acceptance. Ephesians 1.3 talks about that, and I'm going to read that to you because I think that's an important scripture for us to, uh, to, to uh, hear. It says uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good pleasure of his will, to the praise and glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We are accepted. One of the first things that happened when Jesus 
breathe his last breath on the cross. Anybody remember the very first thing that happened after he died? That was before he died. Yeah. His last breath, the first thing that happened, the veil split in two. The veil to the Holy of Holies. Now, from what I understand, this is a thick veil. This is not like something you could just take and, and rip up, you know, even if you were strong. This, this was like inches thick. And it was the veil that separated the Jewish people from the Holy of Holies. They were not allowed in there. Only the high priest, and I, I think it was only once a year, if I'm not mistaken, that they could go into the Holy of Holies where uh, this is where God resided, according, according to the Jewish people, and they could only go in there once a year. And I think when they went in, they had to tie a rope around their ankle because if something happened in there and they couldn't come back out, they had to drag them out because nobody could go in and get them. Okay? Now, that veil tore in two. See, that's the acceptance that we are receiving, okay, in place of the rejection. We will not be rejected, that acceptance, because we can go right into the Holy of Holies and talk to God anytime we want, 24-7, no time that, that he's ever too busy where he can't talk to you. He's always, always available. So how did Jesus accept this rejection on himself? Well, he was rejected on almost every level that you can think of. First, he was rejected by men at the time and his own people. Uh, Isaiah 53, verse 3 says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces before him. He was despised. And we did not receive, receive him. Okay? He was rejected by men. And in Luke 23:16, we can see what happened just before he died. And we're all familiar with this. And that's the story where uh, they, the Jewish people were asked who they wanted to free from prison at the time. And they were given two choices, either Jesus or Barabbas. And Barabbas was a criminal and a murderer, all right? And he was not the type of person that you would want in society with you. And they, they finally captured him and put him in jail. And yet the people chose Barabbas to uh, be released and not Jesus. So he was totally rejected by his own people. And that, that story came in Luke 23, verse 16, if you're uh, taking notes on that. He was also rejected by his friends. Look at Matthew chapter 26. And these are all verses that we're very familiar with, but a lot of times we don't think of it in that, in that realm. Uh, chapter 26, verse 56. It says, but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. So he had 12 disciples that he had lived very closely with 
for three years, and they all scattered. They all left him alone. All right? They forsook him. All right? They rejected him at that time. Peter actually goes on to deny him three times, which God had told him he was going to, Jesus had told him he was going to do it, and he said, oh, not me, you know, but he did. Judas betrayed him. All right? Again, one of the twelve. All right? Gave him actually up for the crucifixion and then wouldn't repent of that. And then so he wound up hanging himself. And now that we're in Matthew, go to Matthew 27, verse 45. Even God rejected Jesus. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you rejected me? Okay, and we know God can't stand in the presence of sin. And Jesus had taken all the sin, all our sin, upon himself. And because he took all our sins upon himself, that relationship for that moment was, was sep- that, that separation, that sin separates God and man, uh, that relationship was broken for just that period of time. Okay? I don't know what the period of time is. It wasn't very, very long because very soon after that he died. But because of the sins that he took upon himself, the Father had to reject him, all right? Because sin and God just don't go together at, at all, all right? I want to bring you into a scripture in John that is absolutely amazing, at least I think it is. And, you know, in John chapter 17, we see... Uh, what uh, Jesus' last prayer before he died. And he prayed for us during that time. But I want you to look at the very end of chapter 17. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now, I want you to focus on that last line that the love with which you love me may be in them. Now, them is us. And the love that the Father has for Jesus is the same love that's in us. That, that to me, is just absolutely amazing. God doesn't love Jesus more than he loves us. He loves Jesus, and that same love is in us. And he also goes on to say, and I in them. So the same love 
that Jesus has for the Father is also in us. So, I mean, what God has given us here is just amazing. And that's something where you, you literally have to sit one day and meditate on it. Because it's, it's hard to take it in. It's, you know, it's, it's so eternal. That love is, is so vast that we just can't really comprehend it. I, I remember when, when I was teaching fifth grade and we were talking about space and, and I, I, I said to the kids, I said, you know, there's, there's really no end to space. There can't be. Because if you found a place where there's an end to space and you go there, what's on the other side of where you went? It's just more space. I mean, there's just, there's just no way to ever end it. And that's the way God's love is. God's love is so eternal that you, you can't measure it because if you did and you, and you, you said, well, it's this great and, and you got to here and here and that it's in here, well, when you get to here, it's, it's going to continue on. There's just no way of stopping it. Right? It's just so great. And that's the love that he has for us, and it's inside of us. All right? So I, I just, just think that's a, such a wonderful thing. All right. Let's just go back to one of the things that we talked about in the beginning. Sometimes we do deal with rejection. It's not going to be from God but we're going to deal with it from man. So how do we deal with rejection? What do we do with rejection? Because it's almost inevitable that somewhere along the line, you know, we're going to, we're going to feel rejected in some way. All right? And, and God, you know, would want us to deal with it in a way in which we kind of give it to him. So th- these are some things that we could do. First of all, when... We realize there's rejection. We have to admit that it is rejection, okay, that it is a spiritual thing. There is such a thing as a spirit of rejection and that we're dealing with rejection so that it becomes a a recognition that, that it's there. The second thing, probably the most important thing here, is to forgive the people or the person that has rejected you. And the reason for that is because... Anything that you forgive is going to heal you. Now, it might not mean anything to the other person. We never, you never know. Sometimes it does, but a lot of times they don't care. You know, they don't care whether you, you know, forgave them or not. All right? But it is important that you do because otherwise the next thing happens, bitterness, hatred, resentment, rebellion, all of these things that build up with us. It's only hurting us. It's never, it's never hurting them. So we have to reject those things, those feelings, those, that bitterness, that re- hatred, that resentment. Okay? And then we take joy in the fact that God accepts us no matter what. So we recognize the fact that God is accepting us. And then the last thing, Sometimes people would say this is the hardest thing. We have to accept ourselves. You know, it's, yeah, it happened. And so we were rejected, you know. We forgive and we just accept the fact that we're dealing with. Remember, Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's workmanship. And that's 
Can't do any better than that. God's workmanship. God created us the way we are. And that's what we're going to deal with. So we're going to experience rejection, but a lot of times it's how we, uh, you know, how, how we deal with the rejection that we experience. But again, we will never experience it with God.